you know, that's a, a rule of thumb is that 10 to 30%. But at the same time, um, you know, I've, I've seen this in some of my clients, those that have done a really, really good job saving for retirement. Now they have other desires, wants, and needs that they want to live in a bigger house. They want to go on vacation. Welcome to the Bluff Finance Podcast. I'm Eric Baskin, an Air Force Academy graduate turned veteran entrepreneur and certified financial planner. I help military families and veteran business owners achieve financial freedom. Join us weekly as we explore financial tips for the military community and inspiring interviews from successful veteran business owners. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Sorry for the hiatus. Been off. Uh, Definitely took some time off for the holidays and then the beginning of the year. I had to do some business planning at the beginning of the year, get the business set up for success this year, and then had have had just quite a few prospects come through the door lately. So I've have been very busy, um, but I'm back at it now with the podcast. Uh, we'll have some some guests coming up here in the near future and hopefully some interesting topics for you. So thank you for being here. Thank you for hanging with me. Uh, today, I want to talk about savings rates. And it's something that I like to look at for clients. I did this for all my clients uh, last week and this week, look at their savings rate. We're, we're seeing what needs to be updated. Uh, we're seeing if these savings rates are adequate. Uh, I find that this is something that is good to look at at the beginning of the year because we're fresh. We've got pay raises, right? We have new pay stubs. Uh, we have a fresh slate of Roth IRA contributions, right? We have all these contributions kind of to set up for the year and set ourselves up for success. So we're going to talk about just what a savings rate is, uh, why it's important, how you how I utilize this ratio in my firm and look at it. Uh, and some considerations that go into it when you're looking at your savings rate and assessing, hey, is this a good savings rate for me? So what is a savings rate? The definition of a savings rate, it is your total contributions to savings divided by your gross income. And gross income is pre-tax. So this is what you're getting paid. If you make $100,000 before tax, that is your gross income. And we're putting 10% or sorry, $10,000 into our Roth, our Roth TSP for the year, uh, we have a 10% savings rate. Okay, so savings divided by income. So I like to usually define that savings as savings that we know is going to happen. This is not, I, I try to not make this number be savings that we think is happening. Uh, I do try to make this, hey, these are contributions that I know we're making because I can see it on the pay stub or we have a plan to max out our Roth IRA this year for $7,000, things of that nature, things that we know are happening. So why is this important? A savings rate is very important because for me, it's almost like a vector or a launching pad, right? If you can picture like a rocket on a launch pad, uh, back to like physics class, right? If, if, If you point that rocket up, it's going to launch higher. If you point it flat, it's going to go flat, right? So it's almost that savings rate, I almost view it as you know, where are you aimed at right now? Because a lot of folks that are in their 20s, 30s, and 40s, we're not really sure how much we're going to spend uh, in retirement when we're 70. That's a, that's, that's a long time away. But I can know for certain what my savings rate is today and how that compares, you know, to maybe others that make about as much as me. So that's that's kind of why it's a, it's a really important statistic, especially for those that are in those accumulation years to see okay, where are we headed with this thing? I know someday I'm going to want to stop working. I'm going to need some amount of money. We can do some time value money calculations, sure. But I really like to look at that savings rate because it's a super good indicator of how am I managing uh, my cash flow and 
how intentional am I being about putting money away into retirement accounts or into accounts for goals, right? Uh, savings rate includes accounts for uh, saving for a down payment on a house, accounts for saving for a car, whatever it may be, a vacation, a wedding. So, so that's why it's important. So now that we know why it's important, how to calculate it, let's talk about what is a healthy savings rate for you? The answer is, like everything, it depends. But generally, a healthy savings rate is going to be anywhere from 10 to 30%. So 10 to 30% of your gross income going into savings accounts, investments, things of that nature. That's generally a good sign. Higher number, better. Lower number, you know, this is not necessarily for every situation, as I'll talk about. But uh, the higher that number, the better, uh, especially if we're early on, we have years of compounding on our side. Now, it does depend on the situation, right? There could be uh, a time in your life where income is high and expenses are relatively low. Maybe you don't have kids yet. Both spouses are working. Uh, my wife and I have been in that situation the last five years. Uh, we're able to, you know, if we're able to have a 30, 40% savings rate, that's really great. Uh, then later on, when you do have kids, but maybe you've done a good job, maybe we, we're, we can afford to drop that savings rate down to five or 10%. And that can still be considered healthy. So you know, that's a, a rule of thumb is that 10 to 30%. But at the same time, um, you know, I've, I've seen this in some of my clients, those that have done a really, really good job saving for retirement. Now they have other desires, wants and needs that they want to live in a bigger house, they want to go on vacation, uh, we're really comfortable with a lower savings rate, because they've been so aggressive early on, they have compounding, they have so much on their side. So 10 to 30%, but it depends. Uh, is there such thing as too high of a rate? So, you know, I always, I, I caveated my more is better, less is worse in terms of the number of, you know, that, that percentage number for you for your savings rate. But there is such thing as too much savings. I, I think most people aren't, aren't going to agree with that statement, but I truly believe that if you're putting away uh, 50 to 60% of your income for, you know, your entire career, I would, I would argue you're probably, you're either making a lot of money. Uh, or you're just, you're probably not living enough. You're probably giving something up. Uh, you're probably eating rice and beans, or you're probably not living in, in a house that your family can definitely afford to live in. Uh, you're giving something up. So uh, we definitely don't want to pile up too much money to where, you know, someday we're going to have $25 million that we can't spend. And we're just going to end up giving a percentage of that to the government and estate taxes, right? We want to balance out life today. Uh, life in five and 10 years and, and life in, you know, 40 plus years. So uh, there is such thing as too high. Uh, I would argue early on, the higher, the better. Um, but as we get into those, you know, child, those the, those years where we're going to have kids, those years that uh, we're going to have lots of other stuff going on, uh, especially then if we've done a good job, I think there is a, a rate that is too high and we can divert that to other things, whether that's lifestyle, whether that's giving to charity, whatever that may be. So when savings rates are too low, you know, what stops people from saving more typically? The things that I see are cash flow constraints with debt or spending. So if we can't save more and we need to, like we've got a 5% savings rate and we really need to increase that, uh, we really need to take a hard look at our debt. You know, usually your mortgage isn't going to change much year to year. Do we have a car that we maybe don't need? Do we have too much car? Have we bought, maybe we've got a $40,000 car with a $38,000 note on it. Um, maybe we can trade that in for a, a lower uh, value car, then we're able to put more towards savings, right? What what levers can we pull? What are we spending? 
What is our fix versus our variable expenses? Usually it's the variable expenses. The expenses that you're incurring every day with your credit card, those are the ones that we can hone in on. So definitely cash flow constraints, but also just fear and overwhelm. Uh, people, I think, sometimes are afraid to automate their investments or don't know where to invest. They're overwhelmed with what to do. Uh, and that's that's where education comes in and just knowing the simple options that are out there to put your money to work. Uh, and then knowing how the banking system works where we can just automate a lot of our contributions uh, straight out of our paycheck. We can do that with allotments a lot of time um, through you know MyPay and your LES. You could do that um, through most, most financial institutions. Okay, so when we're looking at our savings rate as well, uh, we also just want to consider, you know, are we taking advantage of all tax advantage accounts? So like, if I'm looking at this for a client, I want to make sure, you know, if we have sufficient savings to put towards, you know, our investments this year, let's take advantage of all the deals that Uncle Sam's going to give us. So, we want, you know, our Roth IRAs, our TSPs, if we're a business owner, taking advantage of SEP IRAs or for solo 401ks, um, you know, whatever that, whatever that may be that's available to us. We, it only comes around once a year. Uncle Sam only gives us each year to make those contributions. Uh, if, if it makes sense for you, we want to take advantage of what he's giving us, what Uncle Sam's giving us. Um, also consider like, depending on your debt, maybe does making extra payments on the debt make sense? So some people are holding 3%, sub 3% mortgages that were incurred, you know, before 2021. Um, I would say in general, Paying down those debts mathematically probably doesn't make a whole ton of sense, but um, some people are going to have mortgages that are more recent in the six, seven, eight percent range. Uh, that, that's when it really starts to make a lot more sense when you think about getting a guaranteed rate of return on that money versus a you know a long term rate of return in the stock market that that might be higher than that. Um, you know there there's something to be said for getting that guaranteed rate of return not only mathematically but also psychologically being able to pay down that debt. And then also we want to consider what can we automate? So I talked about this at the beginning, but like I really consider this, hopefully savings rates are all automated money. We know it's happening. It's coming out of the paycheck. It's coming out of our checking account. It's, you know, it's coming out of places automatically. We want to automate that. We've got our fixed expenses automated so that we're only really worried about that Delta. We're worried about that credit card that we're swiping, those variable expenses. Uh, and then how do we go make more money, right? We focus on those two things. Uh, and then we can go back to the drawing board again. Next, you know, next time we look at savings rate. Okay, how do we increase these automations? And just do that over and over and over again. So in conclusion, uh, just to wrap up, uh, savings rate is just savings divided by pre-tax income, gross income. Uh, healthy is going to be 10 to 30%. Totally depends on what's going on in your situation though. Uh, how good of a job you've done up to this point, you know, what your future goals are. This rate can and should vary by life stage. We're not always going to have a 35% savings rate our entire life, nor should we. We want to take advantage of every deal Uncle Sam's giving us, ideally, uh, especially early on. Uh, one caveat there is uh, for those who want to retire early, maybe, you know, retire at 45, 50, having that taxable brokerage account might start to make more sense than completely dumping everything into Roth, traditional IRAs, TSPs, right? Because that stuff's going to be sitting there until 59 and a half. We can't, we're, you know, with the exception of a few strategies, we can't usually tap that early without penalty. So for those who are thinking of early retirement and want to have that flexibility, a taxable brokerage account might make more sense instead of completely maxing out 
all the government-sponsored retirement accounts. Uh, and then the last bullet, just automation for the win. You know, if we can automate more of this, take ourselves out of it. Uh, humans are horrible savers, naturally. We're horrible investors. We're not going to do it. We'll put it off till tomorrow. All the data showed, showed us this, like Richard Thaler's uh, Nudge, great book recommendation out there. Um, but all the data shows us we're bad at this. If we can automate it, take it off our brain, off our plate, um, our future self will thank ourselves. So thank you so much for being here. And we'll see you again next week. Thank you for joining us today. Do you want the exact financial planning framework that I use with clients? Go visit BaskinFP.com where you can grab a free download of the ultimate military and veteran financial checklist to give you the bluff on what you need to be doing to manage your finances. We'll be back next week with some more content to help you on your journey to financial freedom. See you then. This is a friendly reminder that the Bluff Finance Podcast is general and educational in nature and does not constitute tax, investment, legal, or financial advice with respect to any particular individual or taxpayer. Please consult with your own tax, legal, financial, and other advisors regarding your own unique situation.